You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vidi Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Right now, I have my reality positional rankings that cross over into fantasy for you for quarterbacks and running backs. We'll have wide receivers up later in the week as well. I also have my snake draft strategy tips there, looking at how you want to develop a plan of attack when you're on the clock for real here in the 2022 fantasy football season. So we're going to play into that here on Locked on Fantasy Football. Here what we do is bring you no-nonsense, direct-to-the-point fantasy football analysis, uh, limited fluff, all good stuff here for you. And uh, thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen today. We are free and available to you on all platforms. All right, today's topic, we're going to look at the quarterback draft strategy tip. So yeah, we're starting another series here. So it's uh, partly rankings, partly sleepers and busts, partly advice on how you want to consider drafting quarterbacks in your leagues here in 2022. So a little bit of everything, setting up a plan for you, and uh, you'll put it in motion a little bit later, hopefully. You'll wait as long as you can before you draft your team for real, but just a lot of things to think about here when looking at the quarterback crop that's available. As usual, a lot of good value at this position if you're in a 1QB starting league and high demand at this position if you're in a 2QB or super flex league. So we will break that down for you today in depth. And uh, there are all kinds of things you need to be looking at when you're considering when to draft a quarterback. It's the opportunity cost of taking a quarterback versus other positions at the same time, running back, wide receiver, primarily early in the draft, and then figure out where you can find the best values, where you can have the best return on investment in your draft. So that's what we're going to help you do here on today's show. So we will dive right into it here. And the first quarterback on the board, and he's on the consensus rankings, but also to me, he's on my personal rankings as the top quarterback on the board without question, it is Josh Allen. Now, he finished comfortably ahead of Justin Herbert. Now, there might be some regression with Allen's numbers in terms of the Bills being good and having a little bit better defense and maybe not throwing the ball quite as much, but their identity is to pass first, and I think they've reinforced their passing game here with Gabriel Davis now in a prominent role as the number two. They did get Jamison Crowder there as a slot guy to replace Cole Beasley, but what I'm intrigued about is Isaiah McKenzie taking a bigger role. And then don't forget about James Cook out of the backfield, the rookie out of Georgia, who's very good at catching passes. So adding that element behind Devin Singletary. And then you look at the situation with Dawson Knox getting help from O.J. Howard at tight end. So everything lines up pretty well for Josh Allen to continue his momentum here. He has been the top QB1 overall for two years running. There's one situation has changed without Brian Dable as his offensive coordinator, but you still have a Ken Dorsey there. They're going to keep a lot of that same concepts and pass-happy style here for the Bills. They're going to be aggressive. Why not? You have a big-arm quarterback, runs like a freight train when you need him to take off from the pocket, can extend plays, throw downfield, make all the throws. So why wouldn't you unleash this mighty weapon? He's also the MVP favorite. We know 
When you're the MVP favorite, that means you're going to have some big numbers to back up what your campaign is. So don't think about it. If you're going to attack a quarterback early, you could look at Patrick Mahomes. You could look at Justin Herbert. Herbert right now, for me personally, is number two. I think he has a shot to win MVP as well to displace Aaron Rodgers right up there with Allen. So it's tough between those two. I think the difference for me with number one with Allen is the running ability. You can't discount that and the production that's going to come with it. He's encouraged to run. He can take off and do it. He's very durable as a bigger guy. He can finish in the red zone. Patrick Mahomes can move around and make those plays. Herbert, very good athlete as well. But in terms of dedicated running to go along with that big downfield passing and prolific high volume passing, Josh Allen is the guy. So, so be prepared, however, when you go after Josh Allen, that you're going to have to invest probably a third round pick in some leagues, maybe even a second round pick. People are going to be ready to jump on quarterbacks. We know that's the case in certain leagues. And when you're dealing with more involved uh, expert leaning leagues that guys are experienced or gals know what they're doing, you're going to just kind of look at quarterback kind of be tabled a little bit. But in most leagues, there's going to be someone who jumps on a quarterback early. That quarterback is a Josh Allen to go after. Now, when you look at it in the rankings where Josh Allen is, he's a little bit modest there. He's in the early 30s right there with uh, Kyle Pitts, Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Pittman Jr. These are the players at the skill position. So still dealing with the wide receiver ones, the high-end RB2s, and the elite tight ends. That's who you're deciding between here if you go with Josh Allen. Again, that's what you're going to have to give up if you go after him. So just be prepared that that's going to be part of it, that you're going to have a bump and advantage at quarterback, and you have to settle for that. You're going to be chasing something at running back at wide receiver and trying to settle one of those back-end spots, whether it's your RB2 or flex or wide receiver three, it's going to be a bit of a drop-off and a challenge from week to week. But the one thing you'll have is Allen. You know he's pretty durable. You can trust him every game he's out there. He's matchup proof at this point with his production. So, again, that's something you just have to live with. And, again, third round is probably the baseline in the mid to late. But be prepared that he'll go off in the board of the second round. If he goes to the second round... You might want to wait a little bit and just let someone else do that. Because then you're creeping in to still the back end, higher end RB1s there. And the wide receiver ones are a little bit better as well. So keep that in mind. That's what you're giving up here if you go with Josh Allen too early. So third round is the right spot to attack the first quarterback. Now, I don't believe that any other quarterbacks should go close to Allen that high. When you look at the Fantasy Pros consensus rankings of right now, Josh Allen is at 31. You have Justin Herbert at 44. So more than a round later is where you see Herbert. So I'm one that I don't want to be that person who takes that quarterback too early. I want to kind of line it up with their ranking and not overdraft these players. So just be careful of doing that. There's just too much depth and value here. So I think Herbert is okay if you want to reach a little bit for him. But again, I'm still not going to do it before the fourth round. That's just, I'm not comfortable doing that. And you look at the rest of that second tier. I think Josh Allen is in, in a tier by himself right now. Some people would consider him at the top of the first tier, but I think he's kind of in a tier 1A, and Herbert Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are in a tier 1B to me. So keep that in mind that 
Allen is going to cost you a little bit more, but also make sure you're getting a good value for Herbert versus taking him too high over Mahomes. At this point, Mahomes is ranked right around 50, Lamar Jackson at 51. So in that uh, early fifth round there that you can get Mahomes or Jackson. So keep that in mind here. Again, you have to balance it out. And why I think it's important to get in on a quarterback a little later is that you see a drop-off of the other position. So you have to weigh that. And you need a little bit of slippage here for Herbert, Mahomes, or Jackson to really feel comfortable taking that. So I I think that's what you have to look at. The real drop-off to me comes when you can feel it, but when you get into those deep wide receiver threes and you're going into the RB threes that are more flex options for you, that's a good time to attack a quarterback. So kind of weigh how your draft is going. See what the values are. If uh, somebody's underdrafted a player at running back or wide receiver, you're going to keep sticking to that plan as much as possible. So remember, quarterback you can get later. Unless you're in a 2QB super flex league, you're going to go after those quarterbacks early back-to-back and take care of that because there's just too much value on the board and there's a big scoring advantage to have two of the top quarterbacks. So no question you're going to go with Allen, number one, in the super flex or 2QB league. Follow him up with a pretty solid guy that's in the 15 or 16 range there, quarterback. So again, it's a balancing act. You don't want to ignore these quarterbacks and say, okay, I'm going to flat out not take Herbert Mahomes or Jackson. Once Allen is off the board, I'm just going to wait and wait and wait. Because, again, the value may pop up there where the other assets on the board are just not as appealing. And we look at where these guys are kind of ranked. And Dustin Herbert, I think, a little bit of a premium there because you're going to miss out on some things in the draft that you might be looking for. But, but you look at... The opportunity cost, would you take him over Jalen Waddle? I think he might have a little bit more value there for you overall in your team. Herbert versus Waddle, would you take him over Antonio Gibson? Sure. Would you take him over Brandon Cooks? Yeah, I think he's going to have a bigger impact there. And around Mahomes, you got Darren Waller and Travis Etienne and J.K. Dobbins and Josh Jacobs. These are all guys that uh, have some question marks there. So we know the question marks are not there with Herbert and Mahomes and Jackson for the most part. You know what their floor is going to be, and you know they have a pretty high ceiling. So that's what you have to weigh. But then if there's a good value, I look at Brees Hall or Elijah Mitchell, Deontay Johnson, those type of players, yeah, I think you have a good case to go away from the quarterback and continue to wait. So it's just weighing that versus the other positions. And again, you're going to be accepting that you're going to be a little short on the other positions the earlier you go for a quarterback. So If you're not comfortable with that, I think you want to wait a little bit. I talked about the drop-off, the wide receiver drop-off. It's kind of at the end of the fifth round into the sixth round. I think running backs also do that. So ideally, that's a good place to attack the quarterback. The tight end is also a little bit questionable there because you have uh, George Kittle and Darren Waller. So we'll get into that with the tight end strategy. But how do you attack QB or tight end early where you weigh what's still available? So if Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts are off the board, you might not want to go for tight end versus a quarterback because you do have some issues there, durability with Kittle and Waller, the situation and different targets there. So I think there's a drop-off there that you have to consider at each position to know also when it's uh, kind of a sign to go after quarterback. So to me, again, I actually would say go for Josh Allen early. No, Understand that 
the risk and reward that comes with that, that you're going to hurt some other positions. Herbert Mahomes, Jackson, kind of wait and see how the draft flows and see if there's someone you really like at another position that beats that drop-off and you want to go there because, again, there's good values beyond that Tier 1A and Tier 1B in fantasy football at quarterback this season. All right, that is a look here at uh, the early quarterback strategy there, which you're thinking about in drafts here in 2022. We'll uh, dive into the values you can find and uh, maybe runs you want to avoid there as we round out or look at uh, the potential QB1s. Those are the top 12 here and around the top 12 here, going a little bit beyond that because uh, everyone has a little bit of different top 12. So we'll break that down for you. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor ready. It's delicious. Indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. Have a light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. It's all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's also healthier for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only... 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein packed in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It'll be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them all for yourself. We won't tell. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough, Chunk Puff, is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. What's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently, and it provides tons of health benefits for you. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite while on the go, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch your calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15, you'll 15% off your order, and get in on those cookie dough chunk puffs now. All right, and it's time to continue our show. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football, focusing on quarterback draft strategy. We talked about what you have to consider if you think about a quarterback early. Now we're going to go into the clear second tier of quarterbacks here, away from 1A and 1B with Allen Herbert, Mahomes, and Jackson. Now... This is a expanded list, to, depending on who you're looking at with the rankings, but I think it involves all these players. Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Doc Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Trey Lance, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, and Kirk Cousins. These are some players with a very good profile here for 2022. They've produced well last season, so you think they can carry over with the situations there are in the case of Burrow and Prescott, very similar feel to what happened last year. You're looking at Hertz getting a little bit of an upgrade there. Kyler Murray and Tom Brady and Russell Wilson adjusting to new things. Stafford kind of just falling a little bit back, just having to make an adjustment to a slightly different receiving core around Cooper Cup. And you have Trey Lance with a ton of upside there among the Young Guns, their second-year quarterbacks, he falls in solidly into the QB1 range in the top 12 to 15, however you look at it, for Trey Lance. So what do you do with this group? And I did my annual do-not-draft list 
And I don't think you get a lot of good values in going after that second tier. And here's why. I mean, you can stock the depth of your team a little bit more, and it's also the value of the players that come after. So Kyler Murray right now is going in the early sixth round. So you have Kyler Murray there. You have Jalen Hurts falling into there. You have Joe Burrow in that mix as well in the sixth round. And you look at Tom Brady in the seventh. But then you look at Dak Prescott there sitting in that bottom spot of this. And why would you want to invest too highly on some of these other guys when Prescott can put up the numbers? I think Tom Brady is a guy that's reliable. You can plug and play him every week. He's matchup proof. So there's a little bit of tried and true feelings with him. I think Burrow... Might be a little bit capped with the upside for now. I think this team is not necessarily going to explode and go nuts. I think you're going to see a lot of the balance that you saw last season. It's a good, complete team, the Bengals are. I think you'll see Jalen Hurts upgrade a little bit in the passing game, but it might take some hits in the running game where he's not going to maybe score as many touchdowns and they're not going to be as run dependent. So there's reason to think Hurts is going to be downgraded from what he did last year. Kyler Murray not running as much, going to be, Continuing to miss DeAndre Hopkins early. I know he's got Marquise Brown, but we've talked about that. So Murray, Hurts, Burrow, you're looking at that tier. Then Russell Wilson, a bit of an unknown quantity there. So the best values here are Brady and Prescott, and they're going behind a lot of these guys here. So I look at those two being the sweet spot there. If you can't get an Allen Herbert, Mahomes, and Jackson, they're not reasonable versus the other positions. That's where I'm going to look at in the, so this grouping here. So... You can let some other people make those mistakes. And the one thing you want to do is track the quarterbacks. If you're starting only one quarterback, keep track of who's gotten a quarterback around you in the draft. It's hard in the middle because there's all these picks you got to wait for back and forth there to see who's got a quarterback. But if you're at an end, say you're picking 8th and 9, 10, and 11 have quarterbacks and maybe 12 does too, all of a sudden, you can sit back and know that a certain quarterback is going to fall to you so you can address some other position there. If Again, if you're, say, in the ninth spot and 10, 11, and 12 have their quarterbacks already and went after one early, you're not going to take one when it's uh, going downward here, right? You're going to wait and see, and knowing everyone else is not going to take a second quarterback that early, it's just not going to happen. You do have to be a little bit wary when you get into the borderline QB1s, where somebody might double up on quarterback, especially that person at the turn of 12 or the under, other end of it at 1, so something you look at. But this is where you have to start tracking who has QBs, because when you get half of the QB1s off the board, that would be 6 in a 12-team league, then you can reevaluate a little bit. Okay, half the league, some of the players in my league have uh, made quarterback a high priority. They're comfortable with doing that. There's always a couple people doing that. Then there's a few more that are going to round out. So once you get past half the league having a quarterback, then the values really emerge here for you. So again, don't sleep on Allen Herbert, Mahomes, and Jackson being what the value is, but don't get caught up in a quarterback run, the muddled middle. Somebody starts taking Murray, then someone jumps on Hurts. Don't fall into that trap. I think, again, Brady and Prescott are your best values here for your return on investment in this range there. This is round six through seven. So you're around the running back and wide receiver drop-off. So this, to me, is the sweet spot in the draft. I think this is the spot where savvy drafters will look. And it doesn't preclude you from taking a quarterback on the 
higher end as a QB2 either. So keep that in mind because you're making a smaller investment at quarterback and now there's been a real drop-off there at running back wide receiver. We've gone into the next level drop-off here because some of the players there are deep RB3s and something you look at and now you're into the wide receiver fours. So all of a sudden you can afford to invest in quarterback twice here and it's not bad because you have your bases covered if there's an injury, if there's a bye week, if one quarterback just seems to outperform his position, you can just play that quarterback. And look, you can't just draft a quarterback saying, oh, look, I'll trade the other guy if uh, both of them work out here. Just keep in mind it's okay to have strong QB depth. There I keep pointing to the team where I had Andrew Luck first and got Patrick Mahomes. It didn't matter in the end that I had Luck on my bench. It was points that other teams were not getting from a pretty good QB1. And then I raised the roof here with Mahomes being the top QB1 overall on the board. It's okay to do that. The bottom line is just trying to find the team that has the most source of points without just wasting picks. And I, I don't think taking two quarterbacks here once you get into the second half of QB1s and then you're taking an early QB2, I don't think that's a bad strategy at all. So... I think you look at Matthew Stafford and Trey Lance, that gives you a little bit extra punch there. But if you wait a little bit there, then some of the sleepers are coming off the board at other positions that you can target. So something you need to weigh there as well. So, And if you like Stafford or Lance in the range of Brady and Prescott, take those guys. It's okay. But again, I would try to avoid that Murray Hurts, Burrow, Wilson, kind of that middle chunk of the QB1s and work around that. And then if you go beyond Stafford and Lance, Aaron Rodgers is going as QB13. I mean, this is very ridiculous. I know he's lost Devontae Adams, but he's got some other weapons. He still can deliver. I know he'll be a little bit more leaning on the running game, but at the same time, you have Derek Carr down there who's got Devontae Adams. So it doesn't quite make sense there that Rodgers or Carr are bunched together there. So pretty good values there. Kirk Cousins, I just look at Rodgers or Carr. I think I'd just rather have one of those guys versus Cousins around the same value when we get into Tier 4 at quarterback. So, again, QB1, there's a lot of good value here and a lot of upside here. So, don't force yourself into guys that have limited upside. If you're going to go for that quarterback early, again, Brady and Prescott have the track record. They're solid in their current offenses. There's less variables with what's going to happen with them in relation to what they put up last year. Prescott actually has some positive touchdown upside there. Brady, it's still a passing team where they're going to throw a lot of touchdowns, and now you feel a little bit better with Julio Jones and Russell Gage and Cameron Brait, that there are sources of touchdowns there we can look even without Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. There's ways people can help scoring. Keep in mind, Mike Evans is still a big factor there. So, Again, the least variables is helpful when you're going for an old reliable quarterback. And then you look at upside. So you balance that out quite a bit. But if you're going with, with that middle of the road quarterback there in fantasy among the QB1s, it's just saying, okay, am I going to get something different or better than what I saw from them last year? If that's not the case, you can't go with that. So I'd say go for a little bit older and seasoned in better situations, or go for young with upside. Don't get caught in between those two aspects in your fantasy football draft. 
All right, so we talked a little bit about some busts in that range here that are not going to give you return on investment. We'll dig deeper into the QB2s and mine some sleepers uh, that are worthy over some other quarterbacks here in 2022. We'll do that in our final segment as we uh, set up your quarterback draft strategy here for 2022 and your redraft fantasy leagues. I do have to tell you before we dive into that uh, about our sponsor, Dave. Level with me. We've been in a situation at some point in our lives where we're a little tight on cash. Maybe you can only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank or buy limited groceries at the store and you've got something come up unexpected like fixing your car. Well, that's where Dave can help. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling just to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up on top of the daily grind of what you got to pay for. Now, Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Hindsight is 2020, and you can't change the past. But what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Well, now you can with Dave. That's D-A-V-E. Dave is the banking app that you can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy groceries, and fix your car, or just catch up on the bills that you're drowning in. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hang-ups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, Download Dave, D-A-V, and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app straight from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E, just like the name. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. With Dave, future you will thank you. All right, it is uh, time to close the show with our quarterback strategy session on today's version of Locked On Fantasy Football. That means we will get you through the other positions and what you should think about, looking through the rankings, looking at where you should attack them, given the depth or lack thereof of these positions. That's what we're going to try to do here, lay out the plan for you. No nonsense to the point fantasy football analysis. Let's continue that. So I already hinted that I like... Derek Carr is a sleeper, and I think he has better upside than Kirk Cousins. I think Aaron Rodgers, people being too down on him, makes him a good value there as QB 13, QB 12 borderline. I'm not into Tua Tagovailoa. We talked about him in the do not draft situation. I, I just don't see the running upside. The floor is not going to be there, and I think you're going to limit returns in the downfield passing game here. I need to see more to believe it, too. And again, the system is more run-friendly here for the Dolphins. They're going to try to play better defense. I don't see suddenly them throwing the ball around the park just because Tyreek Hill is in the mix here. Justin Fields, I think, is being underrated in relation to Tua. I get that there's some concerns with the Bears with their offensive line and not having a ton of weapons, but he's got Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. These are two key targets here. I think there's also a important chemistry developing between Fields and Byron Pringle. I also look at this Packers-friendly offense that they want to make the most of Justin Fields' skill set here, which did not happen under Matt Nagy. So Fields, I thought, when you look at everything put together with his experience and production in college and his athletic and arm upside, he was the most complete prospect, I think, coming out at the end there of his time in college. I think 
Trevor Lawrence is getting a lot of buzz too, but I don't see it necessarily. I'm trying to find enough weapons here. I think it's a reboot for him. So I think Fields' reboot is a little bit better of a soft landing here with the new coaching staff than what Lawrence has. And again, I don't think the Jaguars are going to be very good. I don't think the Bears are going to be very good. So be wary of investing in quarterbacks on bad teams. I think you need to get a high running upside from your quarterback. I think Fields provides that a lot more than Lawrence when you're looking at those early QB2s that uh, you can stash in your team. So really, Rodgers, Carr, Fields, where I'm targeting here in these QB2s to possibly pair with a QB1 on the back end here. And it's also good to have maybe Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Because then you have two upside guys, you should feel pretty confident that one will work out, or you can bounce it out with having a try and true, such as Brady, and then stashing Fields there to see what you can get. And Fields might have that upside of being a very high scorer, the way that Lance is, and that gives you a little bit good trade value if it works out on both cases here. But it's hedging your bets, making your portfolio diverse, just like you would with stocks, to make sure that you have options and something that you look at in different situations one of those things is going to come to fruition here for you based on the parameters of the offense and some upside of the player's talent and talent again still the number one thing we're looking for in fantasy football and to me field simply more talented than Tua Tagvola Kirk Cousins it has been putting up the numbers but the momentum was with Carr here and that's how you have to weigh it here when you're making these tough decisions in your fantasy football draft now, going a little bit deeper, Jameis Winston is getting some sleeper attention. He's got some comeback player of the year odds from Las Vegas. And the weapons are excellent. You have Michael Thomas back, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. You got Alvin Kamara catching passes. So this offense is streamlined well for Winston. He's looked pretty healthy here, so a good value there. But at the same time around him, I would fade Ryan Tannehill. Malik Willis is waiting in the wings. So I'd say, hey... Tannehill's faded. We saw the numbers go down last year. I know Derrick Henry can help him put up those numbers, but also adjusting to a new receiving core here. So Winston has the arrow pointing up, Tannehill down. And you look at Daniel Jones versus Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones, a little bit more value there than Daniel, but I'm not interested in either Jones, to be honest. I just don't think there's much upside. The Patriots are a heavy running team. Daniel Jones in a very difficult make-or-break year as the Giants starting quarterback, so I'm going to avoid the two Joneses, not going to keep up with either Jones here. Then beyond them, I look at Zach Wilson there. I think he's a bit undervalued. I'd rather have him than Carson Wentz. The weaponry is pretty good. He's a very good athlete as well, and put up some decent rushing stats there and can run into the end zone. I think this offense, just with the Jets being underrated overall, with Brees Hall in there, Garrett Wilson, you got Lake and Tomlinson helping the offensive line with Mackay Becton and George Fant and Elijah Vera Tucker in a very good spot here and Elijah Moore. So I, I think you have to look at the weaponry a little bit. And who's got better weapons overall right now than Carson Wentz or Zach Wilson? Who's in a better reliable offensive system? Carson Wentz or Zach Wilson? You point to Wilson. So Wilson is a good value there. So in this group, I'm not thrilled about a lot, but I would really put a target here on Winston and Wilson as the guys you're going to look at in this tier of quarterbacks. Now, digging deeper, is there anyone we can extract? we got Jared Goff there. Not a lot of upside. We've seen the numbers the past two seasons with the Rams and Lions. Not much deviation there. Deshaun Watson, we told you in the do not draft list. Too much you have to worry about now with his suspension potentially increasing from six games. Worrying about the early part already and then figuring out his bye week in the second half of the season. There's just too much there 
and too many things you're going to have to do at quarterback to rearrange your draft, and we don't like that at all. Then you look at uh, Baker Mayfield, not much there. He could keep his job. We're not sure he's going to win that job. We don't want to go there. Davis Mills could be helpful in streaming situations in the right matchup because he's an unquestioned Texan starter, but we can't look there. Mitchell Trubisky and Marcus Merida just haven't looked all that great. Drew Locke, you avoid. So if you're going to be on this, you start your watch list. And a quarterback I would be interested in the back end if he gets an opportunity here is Kenny Pickett. The weapons are really good here. I think Pickett naturally is better than Trubisky, but Trubisky's got the veteran uh, rights here to start first. So I think I look at uh, guys I'm interested in. I think in order, you look at Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter. If they can step in there, Willis and Ritter and Pickett all have some running upside. So that could change it a little bit here. But really, you don't want to get too deep at quarterback and just miss out. So that's, that's one thing. Don't wait too long. Know what sleepers to target. Know what bus to avoid. Know where you don't need to reach a little bit knowing that there's good values around that quarterback, whether it's other quarterbacks or running back and wide receiver and tight end where it's a better decision there. So a lot of things to think about with quarterback, but be patient, be careful, be diligent here because you want to just get the best value. You want return on investment. It doesn't matter if it's a high-end guy, middle-end guy, late guy. You just want one guy to outscore his draft position by far. And there's always somebody who's going to do that. And we know that every single year. So keep looking there. For those type of players, they're available for sure. Um, look, we can keep looking. I mean, people are just going to overlook and write off people. I, I think it's good to kind of pivot. I, th- I look at Winston and Wilson. We talked about them and Matt Ryan in that same range. Just keep your eyes open and don't just say, okay, he, this player was like this. They're really consider their situation to really maximize what you have in fantasy football at quarterback here in 2022. So there you have it. There's a look at uh, the quarterback draft strategy plan for you in 2022. We will come back with the running backs tomorrow. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL, our team of experts breaking down the entire league for you. So good stuff there, sister show here. And don't forget about uh, Locked On Dynasty as well, our other fantasy football show here on the network, prepping you for Big things to come here in late August and early September. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this is Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. and see you next time with our running back draft strategy plan.